Powerade, Gatorade, and Maximus. Welcome back to Santa Siren. I'm Xavier. I'm Dylan. Welcome back to another episode of the weekly Supercoach series. Boys, how are you this week? Um, yeah, uh, decent week. Uh, unfortunately, lost three out of the four of my league matches, which is a bit of a letdown, even though I thought I didn't have a terrible week. But doing quite well. That's good. Okay. Uh, my my week's uh, interesting. My my season rank went up, so that was pretty good. But my team rank was only top twelve percent, and uh, yeah. going into the round, I thought I would be a little bit better than that, but unfortunately, wasn't. Uh, but it is it is what it is, I guess. That's all right. Plenty of time to bounce back back, and the news of the Richmond West Coast game. So it's been moved. Now, save. I'll ask you: Does this mean that our teams could be looking? in trouble for this week and for our trades should we take into account next week with only five games on uh, i think it's very dependent on the team that you have and the players that you have in your team um for me this round in particular it actually helps a lot given that i have both dustin martin and Jaden short that's two extra players that i'm going to have uh, this week that uh, will give me the 18 on field that i require um but as for using your trades and keeping next week in mind that's something that you definitely have to do um, if, you, if you're not going to have 18, um, you definitely need to use trades in order to have 18 next week. And I'm not suggesting trading out premiums, but uh, your rookies that are getting to the more expensive end, they need to be traded out. Uh, this is probably the best time to do it. So we'll, uh, we'll get straight into it with the heroes and villains. Uh, we'll start with you, Darcy. Who was your hero and who was your villain this week? Um, bit of an unexpected hero, but... Throughout the entire week, Zorko was my highest projected player. So I just had the captain sitting on him to be looking like I had a higher projected. And then I happened to forget to take it off him. So Dylan messaged me, I reckon, or maybe Bailey. I'm not sure who it was. Or might, might have even been Xavier. One of his messaged me going, geez, bit bold, going captain Zorko first, first game. So that was a bit of a surprise there. But he... 122 is not ideal, but it could have been a lot worse if I, you know, accidentally had him on captain. So he's a bit of a hero in a way there. Um, another hero was Nick Nat. I did the trade of Grundy to Nick Nat this week. Um, unfortunately, that's not going to work out as well as hoped, considering they got their buy moved and it was going to work out perfectly where I'd have two rocks each week. But he scored well. Hopefully, he will continue to do that. Laird went big. Bontempelli, big as usual. And then also some very good scores for my rookies in Poulter, Bianco, Waitman. So that was a pretty solid week for me. And in terms of villains, uh, my villain is my own morals to start with. Um, my own principle of always having Lucky Neal in when he's playing. I had to get him in. It could have hurt me. Uh, he scored 84, could hurt me in the long run. But, you know, number one Lockie Neal fan, i got to really show it off. And then another villain was Isaac Heaney for sure. And he's scoring 55, which is very, very poor. And surprisingly, could have got suspended as well. So it's just not a good all-round game for him. But um, uh, luckily enough, he has been cleared. And your heroes and villains do it? Yeah, I just want to say, Darce blew his team up this week, and I'm a big ambassador for it. it was, we'll get to the trades in a second, but, you know, I don't mind it. So I had Laird as well for a hero. 
144, huge score. Jack Steele, 140. Pelly almost 150. And I actually captained him, luckily enough, because I put the vice on Clayton, expecting big things. Maxi Gorn, always, I think, always consistent and a hero. And Coleman Jones, he scored 86. I didn't have him in my team, but I know a few people that did, and I just want to say he was a hero for them this week. As for villains, as Dars touched on, Heaney and Nathan Murphy with 37. But I had a pretty solid week, and I was happy with it. I also forgot to mention my usual villain of the season, Bailey Smith, not even cracking the 50 mark. So that was very handy for me there. Uh, so my heroes, uh, as most of you said, or both of you said, Rory Laird, 144. He was really, really good. Uh, Max Gorn, 138. One of my favourite players in the competition, Bontempelli, 149. Uh, Zorko as well, 122. But I think probably the number one hero for the last two weeks is Jack Steele. Uh, he's been averaging, I think, 145 since I've got him in. So that's, uh, that's very, very good. And my uh, villains would be the Sydney boys in Isaac Heaney and Chad Warner. I kept yeah. Warner uh, with the intention of trading him out uh, next week, uh, given that uh, just fits my buy structure pretty well, having him playing the first two and then trading him out in the last one. But it, now it's looking like he's not going to play this week and he had a poor score last week, so <laughs> didn't really help at all. Uh, Heaney's 55 was just horrible. And I think the other one is the sub, Tom Highmore in the 17. So uh, I know that he was the sub, but would definitely have helped if he was in the starting 22. Yep. So as Dylan mentioned quickly before, the explosion of my team occurred last week and it is in full force this week as well. Um, We'll just touch on last week's trades first. We'll get to this week later on. So I went Grundy, Matt Flynn and Collier Dawkins out for Lockie Neal, Bianco, and Natanui. So bringing in Neal and Natanui, two pods against the grain, really. No one that's still playing the game would have Lockie Neal in. And, I mean, sort of fair enough, but Bianco is pretty much an easy option there for me to get in as well to allow for those trades. So what trades did you boys make? Uh, I made just the one trade last week. I was going to do none, but... Uh, McNeil getting dropped just before his game, I decided I'd trade him to Bianco, which turned out pretty well. Bianco scored 75, so I've got a, a few points there. Yeah, I just did three, one upgrade, two downgrades for some cash. I did Kajitsky, Braden Campbell, and Hunter to Reeves, Bianco, and Heaney. And I know it's a bit weird I brought Reeves in last week, but it's looking good for my trades this week, which helps. Mm-hmm. And we saw that he just signed that contract extension. So that's good signs for his job security. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now onto the buy sell holds. And the first one we will get to is Dane Zorko because he's suspended for one week. And as long, along with buy, sell and hold, do you think his suspension was deserved or was it frivolous? I think it's a, it's a little bit risky. Oh, not risky, but it's a little bit stiff for... Dane Zorko, it wasn't really that much in it. But again, it's just stupid. Like It wasn't necessary at all. And it, it could cost his team, given that he's one of their better players and will be out for the weekend. He's one of their leaders that did a stupid act. And it's definitely going to cost my team, given that a premium that should have been playing this week won't. So that's not something that I really like at all. Dallas? Yeah, once again, uh, similar to Xavier, uh, I do not think 
it was really that deserving, but I understand the AFL's trying to avoid anything nasty looking like that, particularly around the head. So I understand that. And I think he's a pretty simple hold. Yes, he'll miss this week through suspension. Uh, miss round 14 through suspension, sorry. He'll miss this round as he would have anyways with the bye. So I do believe he's still a hold, though. He's pretty much the best forward option at the moment. Definitely. Yep. Now on to a few premiums, which in my opinion are buys. Took Miller the first. 616000 though. Um, I'm probably still a hold on Tukmila, uh, purely because, again, I've said it almost every week, but <clears throat> I think there's a lot of midfielders that I'd still prefer over him, despite having such a great start. Uh, those being Oliver, Bontempelli, McRae, who are probably uh, probably the three preferred options, uh, as well as Jack Steele, Mitchell, Sam Walsh, um, even, uh, who was it? Um, Oh, even Lockie Neal after coming back from injury. So I really? think he, in a couple of weeks, could be a, a great option after dropping in price. Yeah. See, I've got a bit of a different opinion there. Um, it'd be interesting to see the effect of Rao, who, very great news, should be playing this week. He's playing. But it'd be, huh? Yeah, they confirmed he'll play. Yeah, should, should be playing. We'll, we'll yeah. All right. touch, touch wood, should be playing. But it'll be interesting to see if that impacts Duke Miller's scoring. But he's been fantastic this season and he provides some great coverage for round 13 and the ominous round 14 and has yeah. been absolutely killing it with a 134 three-round average and a 132 five-round average. So he's on absolute fire. And I don't think Raul will impact his scoring that much. And I do like Miller as a good POD as he's only got 1.5% ownership. And with a player that consistent and scoring that well, I don't really see much of a downside, particularly with his buy coverage. I think the POD one is definitely the biggest risk, if, or not uh, the biggest point. So if you're looking for a POD, I think it's probably the best one in the league. Uh, as you said, the 1.5% ownership is really, really low for someone as good as he is. So. Uh, high risk, high reward when it comes to people that are that low owned, but uh, could definitely pay off. I'll one up you on that save. I reckon Dulcie Parrish is probably almost the number one POD at the moment. What's his ownership? Do you know? Five point nine percent. Point nine. Five point nine percent. Yep. Yeah. So similar again. But he's, uh, he's a bit more owned, and I expect to see him become a lot more owned, considering. Yeah. He's becoming quite a high-profile player with his Anzac medal and his um, medal win on the weekend. So him being a more high-profile player, a lot more of the casuals are more likely to buy into him. So I don't think it'd be a very... It would be a differential for very long. Yeah, I agree. He'll be heavily traded in this week, definitely. For sure. Aaron Hall. Uh, I think Aaron Hall is a buy for me. Uh, given that Chad Warner isn't playing this week, he's going to be the person I try and upgrade him to. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get it done, but I, I definitely like him as an option. Yeah, once again, similar. To, he's a similar player to Zeeble, but he's got the buy coverage, which is fantastic yeah. at this point in time. He's not too expensive, only 500k, and he's scoring quite well. So I don't really see much for downside bringing him in, and he's not that highly owned yet either. So... Definitely a good option and a good upgrade from a Warner or a Rowe. Yep. Lockie Whitfield. 
in my opinion, he is a definite buy. Uh, he's, him and Aaron Hall will be the two I'm looking to bring in this week. Uh, Lockie Whitfield will complete my defence. I started with him this year until he got injured where I traded him out just before round one to Jake Lloyd, um, who's been okay. But I, I definitely like Lockie Whitfield as a pick and I'm definitely going to try and get him in this week. Yeah, agree. Lockie Whitfield is, should be a great option. However, I have heard a bit of concern about him. At training the other day, he was running laps separate from the group. So there could be a bit of an injury cloud still hanging over his head. Yeah. And I also saw another stat from Fantasy Frico uh, saying that he hasn't cracked the 20 disposal mark against North Melbourne in the last six or seven times they've met. So obviously he's a long-term option, but... Yes, I agree he's a buy, but be cautious with it for this week considering his injury potential. Yeah, the injury point I think is a good point, but as far as the North Melbourne one, I've never really been one that buys this into that strongly about uh, past matchups. I think it's just a little bit of fear-mongering to try and get people off them, but I think it's still a good tip if he, if he does play. Well, I see I'm kind of similar to Zay. I captained Clayton Oliver because he's had scores of 140 and 177 against Brisbane the last two times he's matched up with them. And then he scored 94, which is still good, but nothing near what you want as a captain. So I tend to agree with Zave there. And the final selection, or hopefully he plays, apparently he called an Adas, is Matty Rao. Depends on his... Uh, I'm probably a hold... Uh, I wouldn't get him in in particular this week for a couple of reasons. If you are to get him in, he's going to drop in price. Uh, and two, he's just not as proven as a lot of the midfielders, including Darcy Parrish and Took Miller, who you brought up before. I know he's cheaper, but he hasn't really proved that much so far. Now, I'll propose this question just before you go, Darcy. If he does score well and he is about the 450, 440 mark after he's decreased, what do you think? It's a scary prospect getting him in this season, in my opinion, at any point. He's only played six games, managed to get injured long-term for two of those games. So you can't really trust it. But they come around 17, 18 when I'm low on cash, low on trades, and he's just an easy upgrade. He could be an option to fill out my midfield there. But... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be going any earlier than three rounds. Just I, see how he goes and see how his injuries hold up. I agree um, with the three-round part in particular. I mean, if he does come, it depends on how well he does score. You said he scores well, but let's say the next three weeks he scores 130, 130, 130, and he's 450K, then I think he's definitely an option that you look at. And if he does do that, then I think I'll bring him into my team. But the chances of that happening are pretty low. So... Uh, he probably won't end up in my team, but small chance. And, I mean, if he's your worst player or worst player price-wise at the end of the year, you're doing well. So, yeah. That's the end of the buy-sell holds for this week. All yours, Dallas. So, now you might have noticed a few players missing from that buy segment in particular that you'd expect us to include. Yep. They go by the names of Ned Reeves, Trent Bianco, and Callum Coleman-Jones. So all of which are fantastic options this week to be getting in. So we've got some great 
great cash projection for them. We've got Trent Bianco making 71K. We've got Ned Reeves making 80K, Callum Coleman Jones making 83K. So it's just absolutely fantastic cash projection, cash generation coming at this time of year. So if some most people have one or two of them already, but if you can, I'd be getting all three in and I don't see a reason not to because cash generation like this is hard to come by. I don't think we've had many players this season making this type of money, maybe Goulden, maybe Warner. But other than that, there aren't many players who scored this well as rookies. So definitely look to get them in this week, even if it means a triple downgrade and just a one upgrade, that will help you out next week with having a bit of extra bank. I think there are a couple of players you might have missed out on uh, as far as the rookies that have scored that well this season. In particular, uh, James Jordan and Tom Powell, I think, have had incredible first years as far as scoring. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. The one that I'm not totally convinced on is Ned Reeves. Uh, for, in particular, people like, Darcy, uh, like Dylan and I, I think if you have Paul Hunter and you're only making 7K from the downgrade, it's probably not something that's totally worthwhile. Um, and I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be doing that myself. Um, I'm, I may just for numbers in the end, given that Ned Reeves has already had his buy, but uh, I'm not completely sold. Uh, as far as Trent Bianco, though, he's the number one option. I think uh, you definitely have to have him in your team, no matter who you're trading out. Just on the Ned Reeves, don't you think it would be beneficial... You've got an extra two trades now, so they're pretty much two luxury trades that you wouldn't have taken into account. It wouldn't hurt that much to just do a sideways move, Hunter to Reeves. Then you've got that cash generation, which will help you around 17, 18. Plus, if you've got Gorn Grundy, then you've got Gorn coverage, a Grundy coverage for next week and coverage for both in round 14. So I think that trade in itself could be very, very valuable, even if you're ignoring the Paul Hunter aspect of it. And yeah. I as, as I said before, I don't think it's really the worst trade, but uh, it depends on uh, the trades that you have left and uh, if you can get to a, a full team without him. And it frees up that option. If you're in if in my position, I have Tom Fullerton, who I can sub in the ruck, and then if Reeves makes enough bank, then I can bring in another forward who's playing well. So I'm The, same, the same can be said with uh, Common Jones. If, yeah, if or Treaky as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he scored 86 on the weekend, I believe. And he scored 88. So, as well as another option again. After being one of the worst football players I had seen in my life, he managed to go big for one week and finally get the cash generation going. I think he actually started losing value on point there at 120K. <laughs> yeah, and he clunked some big marks too. Great performance by Josh yeah, Tracy. Tra I'm going with Tracy. I think it's Tracy. I agree with Dylan. I think it is a Tracy. <laughs> Tracy rolls off the tongue better. And we've got a couple more options. We've got Max Holmes, who was omitted this week. So I wouldn't be looking to get him in, obviously. Um, and then, obviously, Josh Tracy, Josh Tracy, however you want to say. He's only 161K, and he's got that big 88 score, so there could be some cash gen rising there. But I... Personally, wouldn't go for it considering he showed no ability to play football in his first five games. Oh, was I think it will help his super coach in particular. Uh, I think Sean Darcy tore his or injured his hamstring at least. Uh, I, I think he's going to be in this week regardless anyways. Yeah. 
that I think that's what it's dependent on. If uh, Darcy doesn't play, then he might be an okay option, given that he'll play Ruck. But if not, then I'd definitely hold. And don't forget, Matt Taberner was a late out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll look forward into the next week and uh, we'll see uh, your trade. So this week, and I think it's a theme for all of us, I'll be bringing in, well, I've already brought in Hall, Whitfield and Coleman Jones. And I've traded out Collier Dawkins, James Rowe, who's a definite sell in my opinion, and CJ, which I know you weren't excited with, Zave. We talked about it earlier on today or yesterday, but I don't know. How do you see it? I've still got 60K in the bank after that. Yeah, so I've touched on it with you in person and a little bit last week, but I think if uh, CJ was in my team, he'd probably be the last person I looked to upgrade. Uh, just for the reason being that um, I'd rather have CJ on the field than a rookie and he's going to score better than them. And uh, I think if he's your D6 and he's your worst player on your field, similar to what you were saying about Matt Rao before, you're, you're probably doing pretty well. Yeah, but those two luxury trades that Das was talking about, I think it pertains to me with that because now I still have some trades left to upgrade in the future weeks. And just on that, uh, how many trades should we aim to have after this round? I've got a pretty basic rule with trades at this point of view. It's uh, so the amount you can the amount of rookie jab on field times that by two and then add two or three. And that's how many trades would be ideal. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Uh, yep. I wasn't sure of how I was going to answer that question, but I think Darcy's answered it pretty well. So we'll go with that. So my trades for this week, this is so far, I'm a little bit concerned about Nat Fife, who did his shoulder on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. There's the potential there for a surgery, which could put him out pretty much for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a bit worried about that one there. But at this point, I've traded out James Jordan, James Rowe, Jacob Kaczynski, and Cody Waitman for Aaron Hall, Coleman Jones, Whitfield, and Reeves. So I know Waitman might be a bit early and Cozzy provides a bit of buyer coverage, but I think Whitfield, getting Whitfield in for Cozzy, it doesn't really matter anyways. It's just an upgrade. And then Waitman, I don't really have a purpose for him for holding him longer. And I do believe these upgrades are more beneficial than holding on to Waitman just for an extra 40K. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Fife there. I might have to just do a sideways trade of Fife out. Yeah. I think my trades are a little tough. Um, I'm definitely looking at the moment. I've got Warner and Highmore out for Coleman Jones and Whitfield, uh, which I'm pretty happy with, but it's not leaving me with enough money in the salary cap to get to uh, Aaron Hall, who I would really like to have. So at the moment, it's just the two trades for me, but I'll have to do a little bit more uh, research to see how many players I have this week and how many players I have next week. Yeah, okay. What uh, what price do we want Bianco to get to? Just out of interest, it was just on my head. What do you think he will get to and what will you trade him at eventually? If need be. I think at the moment for me, it doesn't matter that much because I think I can get to a full premium team without trading him. Uh, I've got some some money still left in uh, Poulter, uh, Bergman as well. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I've only got, I think, two rookie spots left or three rookie spots left on my field. So 
I think I should be able to get to a full team without trading him. But um, obviously, the more money that he makes, the better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I reckon we could be looking at Bianca around 320K by around 17, 18. Yeah. Maybe at this point in time. So that could be a handy 200K upgrade to a solid player there. Potentially a rail if he's scoring well. Mm. For sure. And even if he is scoring well, he will decrease in price. I think his break even is 199 off the top of my head. It, it'll be higher considering his first round. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably just get higher over the next couple of weeks. So just quickly, what captains are we looking at this week? I don't think we touched on that. No, we didn't. And at the moment, I have the vice sitting on Tom Mitchell and the captain on Clayton. But we'll probably change it. Um, I haven't actually looked at this that much. I think the captain's going to go to Gorn on uh, playing on the Monday and without uh, Grundy playing. So oh, yeah. he should have a, a pretty good score. And my advice, Captain, I'm thinking maybe Jake Royd, the Friday game against Hawthorne, given that I don't really have any good Port Adelaide or Geelong players. I'm glad you said that, so I forgot Gorn, uh, they had no Grundy. So <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I reckon I'll be looking at maybe a lead, maybe a lead vice captaincy. I like that. The Saturday night, he's been scoring pretty well the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And then I think Gorn's an absolute sitter to chuck your captain on this week. Yeah. I hope he does well. Sure. Final question. How many players do we have this week, boys? Uh, that's what I'm trying to calculate at the moment. I think uh, you go first, Darcy, because I'm not sure. I have 20 this week, so I'm sitting pretty comfortably <laughs> that next week might be an issue or for everyone as well. I think I could be looking at 17. Okay. That's having Fife being out, having Barry being out, having Highmore being out, and then obviously also Zorko out. I could fix that up though. Yeah, I have, uh, I think I've got 18 players, uh, but that's after two trades and it's not including uh, Nick Murray, Finlay McRae, who was the sub, not last week, but the week before, uh, as well as Bergman, who was the sub in his last game, uh, Highmore, who was the sub in this game. uh, And it's including the Grundy Zorko injuries or injury and suspension. Yeah. Yeah, Highmore, definitely a possibility with a couple of injuries. Wood, Geary, and I think there was one other. But that's all for this week. Any other notes, boys? Zave, I like the jersey, by the way. Thank you. Um, Despite being out of the playoffs, still have to rep the best player ever. (laughs) We'd just like to really kindly ask Alistair Clarkson if we could please give Connor Downey a game. Um, You tricked me into getting him in before round one and then you absolutely danced on the grave of my hopes of Connor Downey when in the post-conference you said did someone say KFC so I really need you to turn around your mistakes really reflect on what you did to me personally having Downey sitting on my midfield bench for this entire season so far not getting a game and giving a false debut and yeah honestly mate just hey. think about what you did there and 
fix up your actions this week, give him a game, chuck him on ball for the entire game, please. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did he play him for a game as the sub so he has a game next to his name? Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. False debut. He, he, it was, this could be one of the dirtiest acts I've ever seen on the footy field that was technically off the footy field. It's... Does that affect his money or break even or no? No, it doesn't, no. It counts for super coach at least. It counts as a DMP if they don't enter the ground. Um, but not only for you, Darcy. I think Connor Downey is someone that could be a perfect option for everyone if he does get a game. Uh, he's 117k, and I think he can score pretty well if he does come in. So someone like Poulter, if he's still got James Jordan, they're going to be perfect people to downgrade to Connor Downey if he does indeed play. But I have to wait and see. But not many people have held Connor Downey for. Yeah, well, but I mean, I mean, for someone like me that hasn't had him at all, uh, he's going to be perfect to to bring back in if he does indeed play. Not as many well as- trade Lockie Neal back in, Das, but I think you're just an unusual breed. Definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, Danny's owned by twenty two percent of teams, so oh, he is. Have a look at yourself in the mirror, there, Clarko. That is thirty six thousand five hundred ninety five people's. Dreams and hopes absolutely dashed by your utter disregard for human life. <laughs> All right, we'll conclude it there. <laughs> Make sure to follow at sts.podcast, at AFL Supercoach, and at Foopy Beanies. We'll talk about it next week. But thanks for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe, and let us know how your team's going down in the comments. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> the classes. <laughs>